Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I don't believe that uh, pro- uh, politicians should be delivering health advice, but the best advice that I have heard uh, from my doctor and others is that people who've received uh, one dose of AstraZeneca uh, can uh, very well get a second and should very well get a second dose of AstraZeneca. Well, that uh, is the prime minister, and he's lucky because most people don't have a doctor. But uh, he, Aaron O'Toole, Premier Ford, they all got AstraZeneca, and they all say they'll take the second shot. The question is... Will the 2 million Canadians who were told to take the shot get access to a second shot? Because the talking points are ramping up about mixing. And frankly, there's not enough data to show that it's effective. And I don't know about you, but I know I didn't sign on to take AstraZeneca and then all of a sudden mix things up like it's a cocktail hour because we were told back then the safest vaccine is the first vaccine you take. And so what is the obligation of governments? Do they have to at least offer us the same shot or can they mix it up? Michelle Rebel-Garner is the conservative health critic. She joins us now. Good to have you. Great to have uh, Great to be on the show tonight. You know, we get this announcement a couple of days ago and all we have been left with is this fog of information. What people just really want to know is what are next steps? Can I get the same shot that I got? And that's a perfectly reasonable question. I mean, it's one that I'm hearing in my constituency office. Uh, Many of my friends are asking this question, and that's why we've been pushing the government for answers. Um, The federal government really should be communicating to the public on this issue. Um, It's their responsibility. They have, you know, thousands of health experts employed within their ranks, and this is what they're paid to do. So, you know, unfortunately, we haven't received uh, information from the government in this regard yet. Um, But I did call for an emergency meeting of the health committee, which will convene tomorrow. Uh, We should have the ministers and public health officials at our committee next week. Um, You know, every day that goes by without these answers, I think, is, is a big problem for many Canadians. Well, this is a shot that if I'm right with the numbers, we got 20 million doses. So at the very least, is there any obligation by the government at any level to then at least make it um, um, available? I mean, if I don't want to take it, I don't have to take it. But shouldn't those who are told to take it uh, at least have the choice in that? Yeah, a bit of a some technical information on the procurement of the AstraZeneca vaccine. So Canada does have a contract, like a bilateral contract with the manufacturer, with AstraZeneca. We really haven't received any doses to date through that contract. The doses of AstraZeneca that we've received in the country to date have come from the COVAX fund. This is a program mm-hmm. that was put in place to assist developing nations with a vaccine procurement, but that Canada is sort of rating from because we haven't had supply. We had poorly negotiated contracts as far as I can tell. And also uh, from charity from the Americans, there were um, I think over a million doses uh, that were procured uh, on loan from the American government. So that really does leave a lot of questions, I think, about when uh, doses might be arriving with regard to AstraZeneca. We know that India is very reliant on this particular vaccine because it's the one that the Serum Institute produces and you know India is, is, is seeing a significant second wave. So I think that there's a lot of questions that 
uh, Canadians need to have answered that relate to whether or not we are when when we're getting more doses and uh, whether or not those will be made available to Canadians who want a second dose of AstraZeneca. What is the liability? And, and this is something that I was thinking about for the last couple of days. Is there a liability or is there a built in protection for governments when ordering um, vaccines like this? Um, you know, if someone were to take it and it's not what they wanted, could could the government of the day be facing class action suits or do they pad themselves from those kinds of liabilities? It's a great question. It's one I'd love to have an answer to. And it's why we've been pushing the federal government to release the details of these vaccine contracts. For, for almost a year now. Um, I've moved many motions in the House of Commons. Uh, the, the federal government has just ignored, ignored motions passed by the House of Commons to get that information. Uh, as, as recently as this week, uh, the Privy Council office or like the head of government, like the sort of the C-suite of government, if you will, said that they were working with vaccine manufacturers to discuss what could be released. Well, those contracts are the property of the Canadian public. Um, tax dollars go into negotiating those contracts and we live in a democracy where that type of information should be produced. Um, so I'd love to have an answer for you, Alex, but the unfortunate reality is, is that Trudeau, I think, I think is purposely at this point hiding those details. Um, the European Union, for example, is considering legal remedy against AstraZeneca for uh, delivery schedules, I believe. Um, so, you know, the question becomes why, why isn't the federal government uh, looking at similar options? So all those questions with regard to remedy uh, really tie back to the contracts that nobody's really had, had, a, had a look at. And while the talking points have changed, I mean, clearly in the last couple of days, it's gotten, uh, you know, one dose summer, two dose fall. Um, that's not what we were told. And so everything sounds like it's becoming a marketing and very gimmicky. And I got to be honest, I get a lot of emails from listeners um, who either no longer want the second shot or just literally don't know who to trust anymore. I mean, all we're getting are these kind of catchy phrases, but I don't want to be vaccinated in the fall. I want to be vaccinated. When I was told I was going to be vaccinated because I think already we've accepted uh, a bit of experimentation just with the delays in the shots. And somehow we are normalizing uh, playing around with things like dosing or second doses because of politics. Well, you know, I want to start by saying that one dose of a vaccine uh, is proven to reduce the severity and incidence of COVID. So I think it is a responsible action for the Canadian public to become vaccinated. However, that said, it's also uh, reasonable for the Canadian public to expect to have a second dose within the manufacturer guidelines. Um, Canada is one of the, I think it's the only country that has extended the dosing window to a maximum of four weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't have a lot of clarity around waning immunity. And now with the AstraZeneca vaccine decisions being made on that by different levels of government, we also don't have clarity on what happens if somebody has to mix vaccines, which is something I don't think a lot of Canadians thought about. Uh, who, who got that first shot. But I do want to commend Canadians who are getting vaccinated because that's what's going to pull us out of this. All that said, um, you know, there, there are a lot of other questions. There are things the federal government could be doing right now to encourage people to get vaccinated, such as issuing clear advice on what fully vaccinated persons can do. This afternoon, the American government, the White House, Joe Biden was out and said, if you are fully vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask. And that's essentially ending lockdowns in the United States. That's a huge fundamental policy shift that I think we're only just starting to talk about. I asked the health minister a similar question in the House of Commons in Canada this afternoon, brutally dismal answer. 
Um, and I even alluded to the fact that the, these type, this type of clarity, these like these types of guidelines on what fully vaccinated persons or half vaccinated persons can, can or can't do is what is going to incent Canadians beyond just that obligation to go and get vaccinated, particularly mm -hmm. among very poor communications from the federal government. So. Um, a lot of work left there to do, Alex, and, uh, you know, certainly I'm committed to, to getting some answers. Just before I let you go, I want to ask you on uh, um, Mr. Dion's um, ruling today with the ethics um, uh, situation. And, and he ruled that um, while there may be a perception of conflict of interest, it didn't meet the criteria when it came to Justin Trudeau. So he has been given a pass on the whole we scandal, uh, but his former financier uh, minister will pay the price. Three sections of the Ethics Act were violated. But, you know, when you look back at the record, Trudeau had blamed the public service for the decision-making um, and said quite clearly that his government had nothing to do with the sole source contract. But then you look at the ruling today, clearly his top minister very much was playing fast and loose with the rules. Oh, it, what a brutal thing. Hey, I, I mean, I, I read that ruling and just, you know, we've gone into so much debt in this country. We've had such a poor response to the pandemic. We, we you know, you and I are sitting here talking about, Canadians being half vaccinated for months at a time. You know, you think about where the federal government's priority was, and it was the finance minister trying to help his friends out. And, you know, close to the tune of close to a billion dollars. And it's just unconscionable. There's so many examples of this type of misguided principle within the liberal government. And I just, you know, even if somebody votes liberal, I that's listening to this, like they can't be happy hearing this, right? Like that's such a waste of funds, a waste of time and it's cronyism, right? And that's not how a government should operate. So, uh, you know, I don't have a lot of hope that the Trudeau government will learn from this because this is one of several ethics violations uh, that you know, members of the government have have had ruled against them. I, I, I do think that you know we, we need to have stronger accountability legislation in the country, but also the Canadian public, uh, you know, needs deserves better from from people that are in government. So uh, a lot of things to digest there, but I think the key takeaway is that um, they were looking after their friends, not for Canadians. And there seems to be an ethical challenge within that government, indeed. Appreciate your time on this today. Have a good one. That is Michelle Rempel-Gardner joining us. Busy she is because she is the health critic and there is plenty to criticize.